Hello, and welcome to the Underpaid and Underqualified Podcast Show with your host, Vince and Job. We are back, and we're actually on schedule, more or less. Not really, because this is like midnight in New York. <laughs> this is our latest episode, but nobody would know that. That's fine. By the time I post it, it's like daytime everywhere else. But it feels late for us, so we're going to not be bringing the energy. I hope you're ready. Well, I joke's on you. I snorted a line of crack right before this, along with maybe some meth. That's usually what I do. I didn't actually have time to prepare that. It was a busy day, but uh, I guess you'll be the energetic one. I'll have nothing. But all right. So uh, also my uh, my apartment has a policy of like no loud noise towards 10. So hopefully all the passionate discussions we get into are before 10. Yeah, no, I think we could get it there. Yeah, no, I think with the amount of energy that I am bringing today, maybe I will talk fast enough where we will be done soon. You know, you've actually talked fast before. Right now, you're talking at a pretty good pace. Pretty perfect. You sound like a news anchor. You're like Asian Ron Burgundy. <laughs> All right, let's go with that. All I need is the mustache. He has a mustache, right? <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's like a very dominant feature for him. But uh, yeah, I also want to point out, I think it's funny that uh, me and Jaw rescheduled. We pushed this back about 10 minutes after it was uh, originally going to be. And I, uh, at a last ditch effort, Hail Mary was kind of like, you know, we could just reschedule. I'm okay if you want to. And uh, I, I have to admit, I was 100% hoping he'd text back, yeah, that sounds good. And uh, he didn't. And I got on the Zoom call. And here we are. We're committing. Just for our loyal fans, our loyal. Actually, so the other day, I was getting them some with a friend catching up. And he was telling me, hey, how's the podcast going? I'm like, yeah, this is how it's going, right? And he was telling me. <laughs> Sounds good. Your reaction was eh. <laughs> real reassuring, job. Yeah, pause, positive energy all around. But then, in, so he followed up with, "Hey, I actually do listen to your podcast from time to time." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> yeah. Did you just so we're on the same page? Is eh, positive energy for you, or is that sarcasm when you said that was positive energy? Yes. <laughs> me and jaw have such good chemistry we're always on the same page always know what the other person's saying yes jesus all right (laughs) moving on how are you doing vince i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't um cancel as you had hoped (laughs) uh it's okay i couldn't Uh, i think if i ultimately put an ultimatum it was like yeah can we really cancel you would have been fine with it you're pretty like flexible scheduling wise luckily um uh, a little bit tired but i can't totally uh blame it's it's partially my fault uh you ever have one of those days where um you kind of just don't want to do something so for three hours you're on your phone (laughs) dicking around and then by the end of the day you're like yeah i still got to do this thing fuck and then before you know it it's like 8 30 and nine o'clock uh yes all the time yep had that today (laughs) so that's where we're at right now Oof. well i'm sorry i hope well you know what let me make this better I don't know how I can make it better, but I'm just saying that to hope you hope to make you feel better. And I'm sure it's working. It's really reassuring when you say, I'm going to help you feel better. And then a second later, the very next thing you say is, I don't know how to help you feel better. <laughs> John, do you have a poker face? I, I feel like you'd have a terrible poker face. I do. Only when I play poker. Hmm. Okay. That's good. But for then again, know. I'm also not very good at poker. <laughs> Never played. I went to Vegas once, but I don't know. I've been too lazy to learn, but, uh, it's funny. Another side note about work today, just to kind of symbolize my day, is uh, usually I start at nine. You start at nine too, right? Or you start earlier? Uh, I start at eight. Really? Yes. By choice? Or do you have to? Oh, no, that's just like because I, I work in a support type role. So we do have like specific hours. Oh, so you have to start at eight. Do you get off at four or five? Uh, five. Okay. Yeah. Well, that kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of my sails because I was gonna say like, oh man, I usually wake I usually wake up at nine or I usually start working nine, but today I started at eight thirty. Ugh, isn't that rough? But uh, apparently, yeah, I guess you do earlier. <laughs> well, to kind of make things sound very unsympathetic, I as of late for the past like month, I've been having regular eight a.m. meetings. So goddamn. Well. So you know the effect that extra half hour can have. Sometimes it really throws you off your balance, right? There's definitely days where like, where I may feel, oh, sweet, I don't have an 8 a.m. meeting. So then I quote unquote, I mean, I check my emails at eight, but I don't actually like sit down and start working until maybe like nine because that's mm. my next meeting. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I uh, It's funny because this meeting that I have at 8.30, 
I did the typical like wake up 820, 821 type of thing, then roll out of bed and then make sure your bed head's not too bad and then get on the video screen whatnot. And uh, I checked my Slack like at 828 and then it was supposed to be the meeting that I had was supposed to be uh, my coworker. I kind of support like a salesperson, you know, so we kind of partner up and the salesperson usually on these meetings with clients is the one who does all the talking. So that's kind of what I was expecting would happen. Um, and then I get a message at like 8.28. To his credit, he sent it at like 7 a.m. But the message that I noticed at 8.28 was like, hey, Vince, I'm not feeling so good. Can you handle this call? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, well, and it, even to add insult to injury, my computer, I don't know if you ever have this issue. I have a Lenovo. Um, yes. And sometimes, some, yeah. Sometimes when I turn it on, the cursor just doesn't appear. You know what I mean? I'll like scroll everywhere. The cursor just doesn't appear. So. Typically, I just like, you know, turn, uh, turn it off and on again. The classic IT crowd advice. Have you tried turning it off and on again? And then that works. But uh, <laughs> this time that wasn't working at like 820 and I'm freaking out. I'm like, how the hell am I going to pull up my computer? And I'm the only one on this meeting, you know, like from our like company. So uh, that was fun. But ultimately, it worked out OK. Well, I'm glad it worked out. And on short notice, you're able to get everything fixed and get everything going. Yeah, I think I can be a good bullshitter as long as people don't ask too many questions, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, no, that's that's great. I was like mid-sip. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I try to ask you questions right when you can't answer. But yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely moments where like somebody, I, I also work in, to some degree support with our post-sales team. And so oftentimes they would ask, like, it's a little bit last minute to ask us, hey, can you get on call like tomorrow at like, or in the AM type hour. And for us, that's a little bit on the like last minute notice because like, well, personally for me, my schedule is getting more booked. And at the same time, it's like, well, you normally are like communicating with these people already. And I know, and like, sometimes I'm CC'd on these threads and you've already scheduled a meeting well, like before, like tomorrow. And why are you asking now? Kind of thing. Uh, no, I was mid sip. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Oh, now I just burped. That's really good for podcast. Um, yes, <laughs> I'm gonna throw back what you threw at me, Ja. Yes, excellent. <laughs> All right, so uh, we should move on to our topic. <laughs> All right, so I know we're a little bit late to the game, but then I finally, well, just given our schedule of how we release our episodes, but also <laughs> like I finally did see the the finale of Loki, and I think right now we can actually give a more complete. Uh, review of the tv show so we'll probably give you that second half we'll probably talk about a little bit a little bit more current so to make up for the loki thing something about the olympics but for now uh vince i guess as a recap what do you think of like loki as a whole now that you've seen all six episodes of season one uh well i said this last episode but i really liked it i think it's easily the best marvel the disney plus show thus far I think they've gradually gotten better each one. Um, you know, WandaVision actively did not like a lot of choices that just did not resonate with me. And I felt like a lot of people fell into this hacky gimmick of like, ooh, it looks like a sitcom. It's so cool. It's so interesting, you know, without actual substance to the story. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought I would like a lot. Like, I thought that would be my favorite. And I did like it, but it disappointed me a bit, I guess. Just felt some parts felt a little rushed. And I didn't feel like they stuck the landing. They, I think it was good. They just didn't stick the landing, per se. But uh, Loki, I really like the direction overall it went in. I think the concepts and introduced, I'm very excited for to see how they play out. And uh, future Marvel stuff, I think Tom Hiddleston is always very entertaining to watch. And this was cool to see him like without Chris Hemsworth, you know, without Thor. So he could embrace, you know, his nature rather than like playing off his brother. And uh, I like the world they created. I like the lore introduced and uh, the new characters introduced. And uh, um, it's funny that <laughs> it's actually kind of nice that we had one episode where we talked about this before the finale. Cause I know <laughs> I feel like that was like, that was like our half where we agreed for the most part on Loki. You know what I mean? When we talked about Loki last week, I felt like we were more or less on the same page, but that's about to change. <laughs> yeah. So I guess for me, now that I like, I can give a full more comprehensive review of the show. I think there was, um, I think overall this show was very lackluster. And for my, the reason for me is, is that because this was like an, for the entire 
I guess this is more of the whole explanation part of it. If I, I don't think I can really put it as eloquently as you gave your own personal review. For me, it was very... The one of the issues that I had with Infinity War, War was kind of just like, wait, I'm not surprised by this. Why are you surprised by this? And so for this, uh, at the conclusion of the finale, for me, it was just that. It was, I don't get it. Why, why was that considered so great? I really don't get why that was so great because for me it's like this is leading up to it anybody who has like kind of been keeping up with what's going on and so you know this is going to happen yeah. uh and so I, I i to me it was like okay and that that was like for me the season finale and for me a lot of the uh ending ending of the finale there was a lot of tropes that went into it and it became very trope heavy so where usually um it just it, that's what they ended up leaning on and so that's why like for me it was all right we have we built this world all right let's see what they do with it let's see what they do with it when they finally reviewed the big reveal you didn't really it, it, it didn't make me feel like i cared at all it gave me like i i didn't need to care at all moments like these i wonder why do i do a podcast with you joe <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding it's not that harsh I am hurt now. Too oh, hurt yeah. Now. So, like, do you want to elaborate more so on your um your reasoning? <laughs> no, yeah, it's fair. No, I think your reasons are fair. I think we just see it differently. We have different priorities. But um, so okay, you said lackluster, and you said your take is more or less that you felt like a lot of the stuff was already coming, like you already saw it coming, and you already expected it based on like future movies they have set up. It's not only that, like the entire premise and concept of this was like, oh, this world, that world, this world, that world. And then mm -hmm. at this point, spoiler, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, is that, well, we've introduced the multiverse. And it's, yeah, we, we, that was literally the entire premise of this show. And you literally labeled a movie strictly uh, multiverse madness or something like that. It's Doctor Strange. True. But Devil's Advocate, you could say they could do another switcheroo like they do with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. How you think there's going to be a multiverse and it's not actually, you know, but uh, that would be annoying if they did that. But you never know. But um, yeah, I know for you that like they really because of this, this confirms, if anything, it confirms the whole rumor of like the multiverse of Spider-Man type of thing. Huh, yeah. So, I mean, like I, I'm not complaining about that at all. I, I personally was a big fan of Andrew Garfield. Just his Spider-Man role, maybe not the villain part, but just mm -hmm. his Spider-Man, I was a big fan of. Is he your favorite of the three? I think so, yes. I think Jesus, was... you are the only person I've ever heard who said that. <laughs> Actually, the more I look into it and the more like this is becoming like potentially a thing the more i see other people actually saying the same thing like there i'm hearing more people at first it was a minority now i'm like oh there's actually a fair amount of people that did enjoy andrew garfield as their spider-man i can explain that actually you can it's explain all it that? it's all andrew garfield commenting on different accounts <laughs> hey all <laughs> right i'm fine with an echo chamber yeah no no i uh that's interesting i posted an instagram poll with my uh 300 something followers so you know huge huge audience of people uh saying which Spider-Man do you prefer, Tobey Maguire or Tom Holland? And I, I was like, not including Andrew Garfield, because meh. <laughs> Just because and nobody seemed offended, so I figured that was like aligned. But uh, I, I, don't know. I didn't vote. I didn't remember you, seeing that I didn't vote. Didn't vote, doesn't participate. What a dick. Um, No, but between the two, who do you think would win? Did you see who won? Is it, uh, I feel like it depends. But given your crowd of people, maybe Toby? He did actually by one vote. I voted oh, wow. too. I don't know if that's cheating, but uh, yeah, it was pretty close. I don't know. I felt good about it. I thought everyone would vote Tom Holland and like everyone would hate on the old movies and think they were cheesy or whatnot. But uh, I don't know. I like the respect for Toby. Uh, I think with a younger audience or like people who, okay, so it's, it's either people who are younger or people who never watched comic book movies in general, their default answer would be Tom Holland. If they yeah. did watch the old Spider-Man, then they would say Toby. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who even have the nostalgia for Toby who are like, nah, these new movies are better, you know? So, yeah, it, that's why I thought it'd be more of a toss-up, at least for my crowd of people who, you know, grew up with the first Spider-Man. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I was surprised to find it. But anyways, uh, getting back to the topic of uh, Loki, you asked me what I liked about the finale. So, 
I wasn't really expecting like a to me its strength wasn't that it was a game changer like it was this like who would have thought like I agree I definitely don't think the plot reveal of what ultimately happened takes you know the most ingenuity ingenuity <laughs> I don't know how to use this word uh intuitive I don't know big words I can't say them. uh most creative writer to think of um that you know the actual multiverse is going to be put into full effect things are going to go into chaos you know I think one in five possibilities somebody could guess that you know but uh I still liked it. I don't know I think it's still a good it doesn't need to be the most um like unique super creative ending for me to still enjoy it like um, cause to me, I think there was enough possibility that it might not happen or it could happen that it, like, it didn't feel like it was a hundred percent confirmed, but there's still a level of, so there was a le- still a level of uncertainty. So I was fine with it. Uh, the thing that I do think was a surprise that I did like seeing was, uh, the introduction of Kang. So I think Kang, or I guess in this version, he's technically not Kang. He's he who remains, but I mean, basically everyone knows he's Kang, whatever, <laughs> um, the fact that he was in there, that was a shock for me. That was the big like thing that kind of, I don't know, shocked me, I guess, while watching. It was super surprised to see and was like, I was on the edge of my seat, like seeing how they were going to introduce him compared to the comics. So I like that a lot. So I guess like the surprise, like, oh, that's crazy factor was just the fact that they introduced Kang. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like the thing where, it was interesting how they introduced him. I think I didn't have anything against that. I know some people had stated like, oh, his acting was a little bit weird. He was a little kooky. Uh, for a person who survived this long and like he broke it down, like, why do you want to give up your and relinquish your role? And he straight up said it himself. I've been doing this for a long time. I want to like basically die at this point. So like I, I had nothing against his acting. I know some people did. And I do understand like in his introduction uh into it of like oh we're finally confirming kang because like he was been teased in the uh the the, the statues and the uh, figureheads and the idols now it's actually confirmed it's kang all right cool i mean that's fine and like i i mean i didn't know too much about kang and to me like that's not a big deal but then after like explaining the more the history and the lore behind kang it's like i think the official canon history is is that he is franklin richard's son uh yeah there's somebody says that there's i don't know if it's been confirmed but he's so allegedly like a great descendant of reed richards and um a descendant okay okay yeah and he might be really but it's not confirmed i don't think and he might be related to uh dr doom so it's kind of yeah it's weird his his history is definitely a little bit weird he come appears at iron line the most recent i think i talked about this um a podcast but then he is a little bit weird in, in terms of his history. And so he himself, his existence a paradox. And so like his, there's all, all these different versions of him. So it's fine. You can play and fool around with that. So that's why there's this new version called he who remains. Um, yeah. I think for me is that the ending of like revealing Kang, that's fine. But then for seeing a lot of people and the, a lot of the reaction, like, Oh my gosh, I absolutely loved it. They introduced the multiverse. And for me, it's this, to a degree, this is me thinking a little bit too much about about it, but it was wait, the entire premise of this was like we're hop we're preventing multiverse this, we're preventing multiverse that. And we that, that's the entire we spent six episodes trying to figure out like this big mystery. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's oh, we have just unveiled the multiverse. And for me, it was just like, uh-huh, okay. Yeah. That that was like just my reaction. And um, and something that did kind of confuse me before that is like, well, wait, the multiverse stated with that it was existed before in Doctor Strange, like first movie. And then it was stated, oh, no, it doesn't exist because there's only one timeline. Then it's stated that it kind of exists. And the reason why I was confused by that was if you think about it, like all these different universes, they still stem, stemmed from some degree, but then they all got nipped and only certain ones got nipped. But then you see in the actual tv show no there's only one sacred timeline everything got nipped uh basically uh reset it i think that's the term um but at the same time it's like wait but how did we get to this point where we had an alternate version of this history so for example classic loki uh he survived and got old if the original timeline requires him to die and be basically to inspire thor and basically to be a catalyst for other people's character development 
what was the necessity of him in that specific timeline. And if he himself survived Thanos, the next snapping, that means that that proves that there is a separate timeline that exists. So that equates that the multiverse does already exist. What you're saying is that the multiverse never existed until this multiverse existed. So that's where I'm like, okay, you got a continuity issue. Am I splitting hairs here? No, I don't think I'm not. Until I watched the video and somebody said, oh no, the best way to explain it is, is that the TVA is there to only uh, prune. That's the word prune. Yeah. Universes. Uh, if it may potentially result in um, uh, another uh, king or another uh, that uh, character again, because the whole premise of it was to prevent another multiverse war that was as him as the uh, the root of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I think uh, I'm not really tripped up on the time travel stuff at all. Like, I maybe my brain just like refuses to make anything complicated. So the way I think of it is just like if we heard anything from Doctor Strange or like uh, you know Endgame about how time travel works. The way I think of it, like if Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk is saying something about time travel, he's not the definitive source. He's a scientist on Earth, so he's working with the laws of physics that he's knowing. But, you know, it's not so much a can't like retcon. It's just more, you know, certain characters just aren't informed on how things actually work. So if there's a guy like Kang who comes from the 31st century and he's, you know, more informed on these things and what he says contradicts like Hulk, then to me, that's more just like it's not retconning. It's more just he was just, you know, not correct at the time. And he just didn't know the bigger picture at play, you know? I mean, that's fine. That's so that that can dismiss the whole, like that quote with uh, uh, Hulk talking to the Ant-Man. ancient one. And also then oh. um, Dr. Strange um, talking to the ancient one again. <laughs> yeah. Ancient uh, one could be wrong too. Who knows? So, so that's fine. But then again, it's like, well, you think about it a little bit, then it's like, okay, well, wait, multiverse does exist because these people existed. You, you prune them but they existed to a degree where it still validates multiverse. Yeah, no, it definitely, I think, uh, well, I was just going to say, I think it absolutely does exist, but the way Kang works is basically, I think he created the multiverse whenever he learned how to time travel or whatever and created all those multiple versions of him. And then it kind of created all these different timelines, whatever. And then he basically TLDR, he created it. He fixed it by making one timeline, and then the TVA keeps it so there's one timeline. And now Sylvie's action is a catalyst to make the time the multiple multiverse exist again and not be kept in check. So it's going to be, you know, we're going to see the results of what it, the universe is like without the TVA keeping shit in check. Yeah, no. So it wasn't until I watched that specific specific video where they phrased it. Oh no. The TVA was only meant to keep in check to make sure to avoid another he who another Kang, another Kang. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that I can understand, but like the whole premise of like, oh no, the multiverse is now actually happening. That's where because the entire time you only saw like one stream, one line, when in fact there technically was multiple lines, but oh no, the premise was to prevent okay, that all right, if we had like maybe better explain that a little bit all right i think i would have understood that a little bit better instead of going through this mental gymnastics of finding these loopholes or like these explanations but yeah so that's where it's like okay all right okay yeah king's reveal is cool but the whole marvel trying to grasp multiverse it, for me it's like wow you really are trying to double back and make sure you're covering your ass right now all right well i see it very differently i think for me from the get-go i think i just kind of that's actually how i always interpreted it from like episode one or two when they explained the tva saying like this wasn't supposed to happen like these people like people like sylvie and richard e grant like all the loki variants we saw like to me that was like clearly whenever they like had that debriefing on what what happened what was their nexus event i think it's what it's called that like thing that strayed from the what should have happened that caused them to be pruned like to me that was basically saying okay all these multiverses do exist but they're being like stopped before they can like exist enough to create this multiverse issue or whatever but uh, even just explaining it now it doesn't (laughs) it's very hard to explain but I think we've talked about this before. Like, you remember that scene in Looper when uh, 
Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are at a diner. And then he's like, how does this, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt's asking like time travel questions and specifics. And then Bruce Willis is like, look, we can talk about this all day. We can draw like maps and things like that, but it just works. So there's no point in explaining it, you know? Do you remember that scene? I Yes, I do understand. But it's like when multiverse becomes like literally your entire next major arc, that's where it's like, all right, you splitting hairs. It's, it's, it's difficult to not split hairs at that point. Yeah, I think the universe is splitting hairs. That's when it looks like like split ends the 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 tree branch. But uh, exactly in that case, yes. Yep. But uh, I don't know. I'm fine with it. I mean, it's a personal preference thing. I don't think it's a like. I get why people might not be on board with the stuff that's coming next, just because I don't know time travel stuff. It's not for everybody. Uh, it can get messy. But I don't know. For me, right now, I'm on board. I'm good with everything that's happened so far. But we'll see how they play it up. I will say, uh, at least the very last scene that was another jaw dropping moment for me uh so the two drop draw eh, jaw dropping moments were kang introduction and then that last scene when loki sees um mobius and then what's your face i forget her name <laughs> the really tough guard and uh I think it was just like a number or something yeah something like that and then he's like he's explaining what happened and then mobius is like slow down slow down and then um loki explains it again and then mobius is like wait who are you and then it's like oh fuck it's like it's happening we're seeing the real effects like for me that was like like if we're talking like episode writing and like creative writing for the story that was a really well-written like cliffhanger ending of like oh shit this is like a taste of what's now just begun and you don't understand the full logic of it because you know loki just seemed like he was talking to mobius that he knew an episode ago now how did he get in this you know shared mobius space with a different mobius he's never met you know so that to me was a really cool like oh shit moment so i like that ending a lot oh wow so for me it was really very like oh wow ending it was very oh okay that makes sense because like the entire premise of so the entire he who remains is to keep the uh make he was like the best worst case scenario in -hmm. a way he was basically a gay guardian of in that case necessary evil necessary exactly he was a necessary evil and so like you've eliminated that necessary evil and he basically stated in time you will end up having me at the end of it so to me it's like okay you just had loki inserted in a part of the timeline where we're in the midst so i think loki right now this is a little bit speculating but basically it's well we have a different um Kang, we have a different character here, a, never, a different Richards, whatever his name is, what they decide to go by. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, oh, yeah, they just did that. This is as usual. He just took over the TVA. He molded his image. No biggie there. Um, so that's why, like, to me, it's like, oh, that makes sense. That's, and so for me, it's like, okay, I get that season one. It's like we're setting up for season two. It's kind of like with the whole Infinity War thing where it's like, okay, well, the deaths meant nothing to me. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I don't care um so this is where the season one it's all right let's hope i'm hoping that season two is a bigger while a bigger like oh okay because the twists the turns really didn't surprise me or anything that's fair it's a subjective thing i think for me it wasn't the like there was definitely stuff that surprised me but it wasn't the most surprising thing i've ever ever seen you know for sure but um the time travel stuff, I didn't know the show was going to be about that. I thought it was just going to be kind of an introspective look into Loki himself as a character. So the fact that it went in this time travel or time timeline multiverse direction was already a surprise. And then um, I actually, I mean, like I said, going into it, I wasn't sold that the multiverse was going to be created. For all I know, it could be fine, you know, by the end of it. But uh, I don't know. There was enough. It wasn't the most surprising show, but there was enough surprise that I was still like constantly like engaged and like really liking what I was seeing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So actually, when I walked into the show, I was expecting to be, oh, we're going to see Loki go and ruin the multiverse. We're like going to go see him talk to different versions of himself. That's what I was expecting or like creating these different things. But it was in fact, oh no, we're going to have time cops and the time cops is actually created by this being and like we're going to break the multiverse in that in that sense not like with what i was expecting because like the whole trailer thing was like all these different letters all these different mystery it's like 
oh yeah he's probably just going to be hopping the worlds uh he has a space cube he's probably like doing whatever so that's what i was expecting yeah Um, i guess if that's what you're expecting it's i can see how that like makes it for a less enjoyable experience i guess i like the tva thing a lot and i didn't have that expectation of what i what I didn't have a firm expectation of what it was going to be and like was hoping for anything. So the fact I really liked the introduction of the TVA. So when it came in, so um, I was totally like, I liked the, like to me, a big Oh shit moment was uh, when they introduced the TVA and like what Loki did. My first question was like, do they know about the Avengers? Do they know about what happened in Endgame? you know, type of thing. And then that first episode when uh, Loki brings up, uh, the fact that he knew that Tony Stark was time traveling and he's like, I could smell the cologne of two Starks anywhere. Like I thought that one, I thought that was really cool that it showed that he could tell that at the time. Cause who would have thought? And then two, the fact that uh, Ravona, I think that's her name, Ramona, something like that. Uh, when she was like, when she confirmed that was supposed to happen, like that was really interesting and cool to me. So I don't know. Basically I like the TVA. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with the TV. It's it, so I wasn't really upset with like this is what I was expecting and this is what I got. That didn't really bother me too much. For me, it was like, all right, that's fine. You change it. That's fine. You did it because right now, uh, Marvel is taking a bunch of different concepts and different lot of different characters that were ambiguous and making an entire universe of it. All right, that's fine. That's you. That's better. So you have a lot of creative liberties coming from that. But then um, that becomes so it's like that's fine, but I just want a good story. And so for me, it was, oh, we're doing time cop stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Whatever. Yeah. For me, time cop stuff is a good story. I guess. I don't know. Uh, I will say too, I, I think beyond like the story and whatnot, like I said, Tom Hiddleston, I think was really great in the role and very captivating. And I think we got to see a great, like deeper look into his character that we never saw. Uh, but yeah, I think just the acting all around, I, I was really on board with like, uh, I think, I mean, Owen Wilson, I think, killed it. Like, this, dare I say it, great Owen Wilson's greatest role, just so, so simple yet somehow so effective as the good cop, bad cop, you know, counselor. And then I actually thought Kang, I, I did hear some people thought he was overacting in that finale, but uh, I'd seen that actor previously, Jonathan Majors on Lovecraft Country, you know, like very different persona. So I was like, I thought it was really cool to see him in this very opposite kind of role. And I was really engaged with his acting. So uh, yeah, between like Tom Hiddleston, uh owen wilson and jonathan majors and then sylvia of course i thought she was great uh yeah i, just, I thought the acting was really good yeah i mean i think the acting is fine like i said it, it, you have a god or not a god but like you have this entity that's existed for millions of years eons countless years right so he's going to be missing a few screws um for me it's that, like i think sylvia was fine but then when it came down to the whole like final fight scene I think a lot of people were expecting like, oh, we're going to show like Loki's using their different magics and stuff like that because it was a whole advertise like, by the way, you Loki's also have like different abilities. Let's go and flaunt that. And then you see uh, the prime Loki being able to kind of like expand his magic a little bit more. So maybe there might be a little bit more of uh, something else going on. And then what was funny <laughs> was when uh, they cross swords and they're really close to each other. And I was joking to my girlfriend like, hey, would it be funny if they kissed and then they kissed right then and she was just like no because it just becomes like wow it becomes super tropey like i'm doing this because i love you well mostly because i actually think this is the right choice but no like i'm doing this for love of myself um it's tropey but like it's not the worst like created romance like i think the way they crafted it was really well done like the loki that was always on the run um and then you know loki learning more about himself that's when he comes to kind of accept sylvie more and a lot of people are freaking out because they think it's like a form of incest like a version of oneself kissing another version of oneself i guess but i don't know i eh, there's weirder shit (laughs) i don't i definitely don't think it's tropey at all but it's definitely like and then they go back on the whole like okay we're going to like from all this character development that you had yeah, we're going to go throw it out the, the window. Um, because the whole point of this was like, okay, you know what? Like the classic Loki was screaming. Uh, was it greater purpose or something? Or um, basically he was, the point of him was that, like the point of Loki's was we always cycle through this. We always are like, we, we're the callous for other people and we always end up just dying because we're self-absorbed. And literally the end of it is, 
no, we are going back. We have this amazing character development, but no, we're going back to our basic instinct and how we are written in our far times because we're supposed to be master of our own destiny. Sylvie ends up becoming literally the ruiner of the entire multiverse. And it, it throws like, oh, you don't trust him. You're right. I don't trust him. Loki, bad. Um, but couldn't you say that Tom Hiddleston had character growth that was successful? His version, at least. Tom Hiddleston did, but then it then, but then the he who remains straight up said, "You don't trust him, do you? You're right. I can't trust the Loki." Where we're back at square one again. <laughs> I don't think that's... this was like well, one. Why did he, one? It, it just felt like why did he who remains like say that? Like it was literally. Like it was like literally, you said that only to drive that specific point. But that character, that person, if they really wanted them them to take over or whatever, was supposed shouldn't have said that. And it's like almost as if he's saying, "No, I want you to fuck up the multiverse. I literally want you to fuck up the multiverse." Now I'm slowly planting the seeds of doubt in the beginning. Hey, could be. Maybe he purposely did that. Maybe he was lying about like being he who remains. Maybe there was. I don't know. Uh, I think, I'm. You know, I wouldn't say it's like. I don't think she's square one though. I think that's a little harsh. Like people can like make some character growth and then like slip up, have a relapse moment. But uh, that's why I think the fact that this show has a season two, um, this totally makes sense more so than you know Falcon or Wandavision, just because of the way they left it. And these characters have a lot more of exploring to do with the Loki Sylvie connection so uh i don't know to me like depends where loki and sylvia are out by season two then i'll say whether or not the character growth actually happened for both of them but for so far i think they both experienced character growth pretty notably even if sylvie you know relapsed and did a bad thing that she shouldn't have done well i mean every other show they all have movies slated whereas loki's kind of supposed to be dead from the main time well no loki is dead from the main timeline so which yeah. is why his story would continue on into a TV show versus everybody else was, well, I'll see you in a movie. Yeah, but I think the story that they're, the way that they're drawing out the story just makes more sense to keep going as a TV show, you know? Like, I don't know. It's hard to condense. Because this was six hours, basically, I think the relationship they're trying to build with Loki and Sylvie, that's easier to build that over six hours every week than a two-hour movie, you know? Okay. Um, I mean, like I said, how I'm treating season one is more of a setup. Like, technically, people are like, oh, no, it's a setup for the next phase. Uh, okay, I guess. I think it's both. It is a setup, but I think it's still, like, really entertaining to watch. It's like, I, I was still engaged the whole time, like I said. It, it's kind of weird, because, like, technically, the was a Spider-Man was supposed to be the setup for the next, next phase, it's when you had the his name Jake Gyllenhaal um, mm-hmm. have the whole like, oh, the multiverse exists. Just kidding. Hey, Kevin Feige never said it was the setup. <laughs> he said Loki was the setup. That's the only one I took. Well, to no, heart. they said that this is the start of phase four or phase whatever. That's what yeah, but And yeah, so but Kev- that's where it's like, oh, it's post endgame. But you said so something thing. you said something like this is supposed to set the tone or something like. But uh, I mean, that was the big Spider-Man Far From Home was the beginning of phase four but kevin feige was the one that said like uh loki is like the stuff introduced in loki is going to be most relevant for like movies moving forward like subject wise you know all right <laughs> i don't know if, i don't know if that point was received but uh no, that's, oh, fine. that's fine that's like all right if te- kevin feige grand poobah at this point it's like all right you're making questionable decisions but fine sure whatever it's your like universe and disney can Disney, so it's funny because like in my one of my grad courses, I asked the question of, since everybody hates the new Google icons uh, for calendar, Gmail, like we're all criticizing how like this actually doesn't fit a lot of design principles. And so I asked the question, I'm like, so is it okay when you make, when you become a billion dollar corporation, you can literally do whatever you want and people have to suck it up. And then I, I asked that question because everybody was complaining about the logos uh during that transition and and i asked that question so yeah so is it simply just because if you're so big you can do whatever you want so simple as like apple taking away certain headphone jacks google making design um changes that literally society all hates 
Mm -hmm. that the case? And so that's basically, all right, fine, whatever. Um, Kevin Feige, Disney, they're making billions of dollars. They can say whatever. They can recon whatever they want kind of thing. Or they can do whatever creative decisions and say, oh, we technically didn't say that. Or, oh, no, we're just going to explain with this one line. All right, this is the world we live in. I get your point about Google. I think that's totally true. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily agree that this applies to Kevin Feige so much where, or I agree that it could happen if he wanted to say like, this is the way Marvel is, then he could, you know, but my point is more that I think, at least from my experience with Kevin Feige, what he said about stuff, I think he's pretty honest and has a good track record. And I think he's very smart with what he says, you know, um, he doesn't like, I don't feel like he's ever promised something. And then I was like, yeah, he definitely did not deliver on that. Whereas, you know, I've definitely felt that with other franchises. I feel like he's like top of his game, like very selective with his words in a good way. And what he says, I usually trust. As long as he doesn't pull, pull another Paul Bettany and then say, hey, there's <laughs> this actor I completely work with and we're going to introduce Quicksilver and use him as a throwaway character. Well, I mean, I guess now he's not a throwaway character, but... I don't know. It just becomes this like, oh, we technically didn't say it wasn't, so we're going to use it later. Yeah, I don't think he would do that shit. That was a real cunt move on Paul Bendy's part, I got to say. Uh, for well, well, the thing is that the creative choice at the end of the day was Kevin Feige saying, okay, to have Quicksilver in this certain role. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the other thing Paul Bendy said. Where he, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm agreeing with that, but I mean, I'm saying those are like definitely two points out of the one division that became very... All right, Paul Bettany, you're kind of not smart for saying that. That wasn't yeah. the most like thought out tweet to say, but also yeah. at the same time, one division. Why did you introduce uh, that actor as Quicksilver? Okay, that's actually still a separate point from what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, Kevin Feige would never say the Paul Bettany thing about like Paul Bettany had that tease of um, he's like, yeah, there's a cameo of a star I've always wanted to work with, and I think we have really great great chemistry, and then. You know, people were starting to suspect some people thought it was like Al Pacino, just random big names out there. And then the twist is that it's fucking Paul Bettany, like a cunt. He would say that, you know, I just don't think Kevin Feige would never like troll and like kind of twist a reveal like that. That's that's what I was saying. Sure. OK, but what about the Quicksilver thing? Then? Quicksilver thing is irrelevant because, I well, OK, what what is the Quicksilver? I mean. So going back on the one division thing, it's about how uh, originally the actor who did play Quicksilver um was i'm looking this up right now um well did anyone say anything about quicksilver because that was my point just like promising things that aren't delivered like was anything promised with quicksilver and what they said well that's a lot of like oh yeah we technically didn't say it so we're therefore going to do whatever we want with it later uh well you know honestly that doesn't bug me as much because nobody said like Ooh, expect this x-men character to come up you know i didn't hear that but but uh i was just gonna say that to me, uh, jury's still out on that. Honestly, I feel like part of me thinks there's another twist, a gotcha moment where he actually is Quicksilver and it's going to come to be revealed in, uh, I don't know, X-Men, another X-Men movie that they eventually make or uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So for me, it doesn't bug me because I'm like, jury's still out. <laughs> I mean, no, at this point, yeah. So at first it was like, okay, it's conclusive. Like X-Men is not going to be a thing. And then Kevin Feige has said, we're not introducing X-Men, period. Um like stop asking me about it we'll introduce it like much much later down the road did you see look at the roadmap do you see x-men anywhere here no we're not so therefore like he straight up has said we are introducing x-men nine times soon so stop thinking about it um and then all right by the way we're gonna throw in this quicksilver character from the original uh, fox franchise and technically he didn't say anything about it sure but then at this point i'm kind of it's at this point where it's like I'm not I'm emotionally drained and it's, if you'd introduce anything at this point there's really not much to wow me anymore because it's like well we technically didn't say it you just put it in your mind so that's your fault okay then I'm just going to watch it as like okay that's an I was amused for 30 minutes I'm going to move on now that's kind of how I feel at this point with like a lot of Marvel and this is at this point with Loki it's I, I didn't feel well at all I'm just like all right that was fun Okay, well, Loki was more. I wish I kind of had two times the speed this time around. Yeah, I, so that's I don't know. where I'm at with that. That's a different experience than I felt because I mean, the Evan Peters thing, it's cool. It didn't exhaust me. It was like, oh, that's trippy. Maybe they'll say something. And I did think it was a buzzkill letdown when they didn't like 
they when it wasn't revealed to be this big pathway to the Fox X-Men movies, you know, when it was just a throwaway, like, oh, he's this random guy that we just made think he was Quicksilver, blah, 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 you know. Um, to me, that wasn't exhausting so much. It was more like, because uh, I, I didn't expect X-Men stuff to be introduced for a very long time, because like you said, it's not on the roadmap, but I do believe at uh, Comic-Con like 2019 or something, Kevin Feige, like, briefly said an x-men movie is definitely coming down the road just like you know not for a very long time uh i mean somebody could fact check me on that but i'm pretty sure he called it mutants instead of x-men you know just to differentiate it um but so i mean to me i guess i didn't expect it for a long time so if they did tease something with x-men i didn't think like okay wolverine's coming right around the corner you know i just thought like it's not going to be a while if they do this it'd be cool but if not like I guess I thought the multi, this Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness would be our first foray into that. So I wasn't expecting it right off the bat in WandaVision. So I think my expectations were maybe a little more tampered. And I was just like, we're not going to get this for a while. If we get this a taste of it now, cool, but it's not going to be a while, you know? Yeah, definitely for me is that, okay, so this is, I think, one or two results that's going to happen. So either, oh, we're never going to do anything with that cameo kind of thing. And it's going to be like, okay, well, that was a waste. But it's like, oh, no, we're going to do something with that cameo. Then it's going to be, okay, that was like five, six years down, like later. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and that's Heck. how I feel. And so now it's the whole, and it's funny because when I was walking into the multiverse madness thing, I was actually thinking, oh, the multiverse does exist in a weird convoluted way that was never explained. It just existed, which I'm, I would have been fine with. And they just discovered it. And then they did X, Y, and Z. I guess now they're going to try to fix it, I guess, this time, because Loki introduced it. That's actually how I walked into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess, like, I think my version of what you might have felt with X-Men is just all about Spider-Man, because that's the thing I'm banking all my, like, excitement for, of, like, the thing that'll really, like, I'll be disappointed if they don't have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the next movie. Uh, So I think that's my version of that, just because, it seems so like there's just where there's smoke, there's fire. There seems so like revealing the, all these little signs about like, you know, hints that it's going to happen. Toby stunt double spotted on set. Andrew Garfield stunt double spotted on set. You know, these types of things. All three of them are in New York at the same time. Why, what other reason could there be? You know, uh, speaking of which, did you hear the, I don't know if you're how deep you are in this, but did you hear the uh, recently like a alleged uh full script leak for the new spider-man movie came out and uh it's kind of been i mean not the exact script but like rough overview of like pretty detailed stuff that happens i have not what happened i mean do you want me to tell you because i mean i don't know Um, obviously i'll never know if it's true until it happens but i gotta say i hope it happens (laughs) and a lot of the stuff like totally sounds like it could happen and sounds pretty awesome all right so this is how i'm moving forward with with um marvel movies anything marvel related just amuse me for that for the time allotted just amuse me other than that i don't care anymore the really the only true thing that i'm hyped for is shane chi for the obvious reason but the moment that's pretty much it where i stand with just about everything with marvel at this point but so sure go ahead with a spider-man script leak well i think the better i honestly if you're down to watch it in video i think the video sums it up better than I ever could. And I don't want to spoil it for the five people listening <laughs> in case it does happen, but I'll just send you the video. This guy describes it really well. It's pretty entertaining to listen to. I'll send okay. it to you after, but sounds pretty awesome to me. And I would love it if it happened, but um, yeah, um, I don't know. That's pretty much all I had to say about Marvel. <laughs> oh, I see the headline for it. Okay. Um, yeah. So pretty much it. All right. So at the end of the day, I think Vince is a big fan of it. And uh, in his, in his words, I think it would be, it's, it's extremely game changer and then am i mistaken or putting any of that out of context <laughs> wait so i i lost it you thought it would be a game changer or no, no, I- your thoughts is that it's pretty game changer and you'd really like oh uh, oh yeah it's, yeah I, I, yeah it's yeah i'd say it's a game changer for the state of marvel movies it's not like a game changer for like tv shows and cinema in general you know but it's a game changer for the universe and just the like you said the best way to watch marvel movies that are the way you're going to do it now is just for fun i think for that for me it was fun and introduce some cool stuff for the future um yeah and for me it's loki has lowered my expectations for marvel 
least moving forward. Damn, in that's Marvel harsh. Content. That is harsh. Because it it doesn't wow me anymore. There's really isn't anything, and it's we're going. It's it's very. We're going to put the roadmap out, but at the same time, we didn't say it. We didn't technically say it. So here you go. Here's the content. And all right, I am the content that I'm amused by and really love, especially with the most recent Black Widow movie. I absolutely loved. Minus that one thing, but the jury's still out on that. Sure. And TV shows have been, I most enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, but at the same time, it was like marginally at best. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, Shang-Chi, first Asian superhero? Well, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, so. But are you stoked for it? <laughs> oh, I'm, I mean, that's, yeah, so I am stoked for it. But what I'm saying is like all the things I've seen so far uh, in the past like year or two of what has been released. Ah, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like, do you feel like this might be a whole nother topic? I feel like it hasn't been advertised like, Kind of Eternals too. We've only had the one trailer, but Shang-Chi and Eternals, it's kind of like weird that they're coming up so soon. I'm like, I feel like we haven't had that much advertisement. <laughs> so that's the funny thing is, is that people are kind of like saying, it's like, you know, it's interesting where like when you have an Asian cast, the content doesn't get advertised anymore. Like people oh. have been bringing that up for the past several years. Um, like different that's Asian a- content, people have been saying like, it, I didn't realize it was coming out as soon as it was. Yeah. Like it's any consolation, we haven't seen a single ad for Spider-Man. <laughs> Even though it's like three months later. Yeah. So like um, I think Snake Eyes, I think I saw a lot of content with that, but like other different shows that have been on, like for example, Warrior or um like HBO had a few like different shows. Uh none of that really got advertised at all. Yeah, that's why I said it might be a bigger topic, but uh, it's just weird that it's coming up so soon. And I hope fucking God, oh Jesus, fucking Delta variant better not fuck these movies up. <laughs> just yeah. put them on Disney Plus if they can't be released in theaters. Jesus, take the hit, you know, but release it for the people. It, it is. It's going to be on premiere access. Both of them. Shang Chi, yes. I thought it was like a month after it comes out in theaters. No, premiere access change it? is what I'm saying. What's premiere access? You pay thirty dollars. I thought that uh, pretty sure it's on the podcast. Hold up. I'm going to look this up. Not that I don't believe you, <laughs> but uh, maybe we should talk about the Olympics. Oh yeah. So um, instead of being a dead horse now with Marvel, uh, something a little bit more current events. So have you been watching the Olympics Vince? Not at all. <laughs> all right. So I really wish that there's one Olympic where there's no controversy. Everybody's having fun and people are, competing olympics for what they are supposed to be literally for the sake of like uh togetherness and finding commonality through sports and i feel like every year it becomes less and less so um and so for me like one topic i do want to expand on is like do you feel like americans have like really no patriotism especially when it comes to the olympic sports like it's not very like I'm rooting for USA, USA, USA. It's more like, oh yeah, I like that guy. I'm a root for that guy. Like we don't really have that Michael Phelps, but right now we have, or we had Simone by Bi- uh, Simone Biles, who just and dropped out. and she just dropped out. Like that yeah. was a that was a fan favorite. Blah blah blah. Or a lot of other people, at least Asian Americans in USA, would be rooting for the Asian American athletes. But right now, there's like, there's that, and right now seeing United States. And seeing the uh, men's basketball team losing their first game in the Olympics since 2004, that's a big fucking deal. Like, well, there really isn't any patriotism anymore. And it feels like even the players themselves, the athletes themselves, they're like, oh, I'm not, it doesn't feel like they're competing for the country. It's more like, oh, I'm here because this is a big competition and I need to win gold for like, for the sake of winning for the sport, but not because I'm here for my country. So like, Right now for NBA or for the uh, men's basketball team, Damian Lillard, a Bay Area favorite, Portland Trailblazers point guard, stated, yeah, no, people, other countries play differently. They play for their country. I said, okay, well, I guess we haven't been, none of our people are patriotic. None of them are playing for their country or really for togetherness. It's more like, I just need to add the hardware to my collection. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I think generally, at least for me, I don't know if you feel this way. As a kid, I felt like patriotism was a much cooler thing, at least 
the way maybe schools fed it to you growing up. And now gradually it's kind of just been, uh, it's almost like uncool if you seem patriotic or like say good things about America. It's kind of like, because in the process of a lot of people trying to make things better, I think sometimes the glass is a little half empty, one-sided where they only focus on the bad. And then as a result, I think it. some people seems like you're exercising your privilege too much if you say good things about the U.S. And it's like, oh, well, you only think that because you were born in this privileged household, blah, 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 you know. But uh, so I think in general, there's just kind of a lack of patriotism or like closeness to the U.S. for the most part. It's all what we've done wrong. And I think, you know, having a president like the number 45 <laughs> might have <laughs> uh, done that for a lot of people or like uh, been a cat <clears throat> catalyst for that that exacerbated it. So I think to me it's a natural kind of connection towards just the general lack of like anyone feeling proud of the U S it's all, it's more just like, what have you done? You know, you're the symbol of corruption and blah, 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 you know? So. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause right now seeing um, a lot of different, like right now, currently the host country, uh, Japan has the most um, gold medals. And so like, that's a home country. They're really competing out there. They're really playing hard. I mean, Usually that is the case where the United States doesn't have the most medals until the second half where like track and field and all that kind of starts. But right now at the moment, Japan is at the top in terms of gold medals. Um, and it's really interesting to see how like, yeah, like, like you said, growing up, like patriotism was very, oh yeah, no, it's good to be American. And I remember growing up like USA kind of thing for sports, but now like seeing it is, I'm just here to watch sports. Like literally, if I were to watch Olympics, it's more I'm like, I just want I just want to see the host country win because there's been a lot going on right now with Japan. So hey, go you. And yeah. um definitely with the past year and all the different things, it's like seeing the countries, like you see a lot of these countries, they realize that they have a lot going on, they have a lot of shit going on in their countries, right? Um every country has their own problems. And it seems like they are trying to compete as best as they can. But then it's like Americans, it seems very, well, we can't say the Pledge of Allegiance because this one phrase, under God, offends my core belief. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're not going to say it anymore. Therefore, one less aspect of patriotism. And then you go and, and it's like, okay, well, no, my, my rights as a African-American, my rights as an Asian-American, my rights as X, Y, and Z. So therefore, I'm going to protest. I'm going to use a stage to protest against my own country. This and that. And seeing um, different uh, Muslim countries actually refusing to fight Israel. And uh, I think it was a, a type of martial art. It might have been judo. I forget. But it, during a martial arts uh, event. Mm -hmm. And it's very like some of these athletes is becoming more so and not just America, but I feel like a lot of America is, is that it's like, okay, well, yes, my country has a lot of issues. So fuck my country. I'm here for the gold instead of, yes, I understand that I have a lot of issues with my country. We're not perfect, but I'm here to say, I am proud of it regardless. And I hope to make it better. Let's, let's compete, have fun. And let me learn more about your country kind of thing. Yeah, no, that should be the mentality. Um, I can't speak too closely on this, but I think everything you're saying seems to ring true, you know, because I don't watch the Olympics, like I said, but it is odd that I think it is a sign of the times that like the Olympics seems so uh, less popularized right now that sh and that kind of connects to this lack of like commitment people have to the U.S. And um, I don't know, it is. Yeah, it like I think some people this might be a bigger commentary, but like I think some people do in the process of saying everything that could be fixed about the U S they kind of forget all of their privileges on their own. You know what I mean? And by the privileges that were granted as being part of this country, you know, like, so I think, like I said, people kind of see the glass half empty and refuse to see the things that are there for them and kind of, I don't know, magically think other countries do it so much better. It's like, dude, every other country has their own shit too. You know, it's not just us, you know? Yeah, definitely. And like right now looking at all these like different countries, Okay, kind of glad that I'm hoping every country wins a medal in some degree because that'd be great pride for them no matter what it is. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. It's like right now this year, it's okay, it might be a little bit of a COVID. Like, oh yeah, we know we don't believe that Olympics should happen because COVID is rampant right now in Japan for X, Y, and Z reasons. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, we already have it. 
it's kickstarted, can we at least try to enjoy as much as we can? Because I'm sure the Japanese people and officials are doing everything they can to avoid the spread of COVID. Yeah. Like they made the cardboard bed thing, which actually looks really cool. And like some of the athletes kind of did tests on it, like they're jumping on it, bouncing on it. And it's pretty sturdy. It wasn't until like they had, they tackled into the bed where like they broke it. By mm. that point, you have a 200 pound athlete jumping into a cardboard bed. Yeah, of course it's going to fucking dent. <laughs> um, but all things considered, it's like, well, they're doing eco-friendly stuff. They're doing whatever they can to host it and to house it. All right, let's just, some of it may be just that COVID, but a lot of it, it feels like right now in America, it's doesn't feel like we really give a fuck. It's just like, all right, it's there. Yeah. No, pretty, I mean, I haven't seen any friends or anything get like really excited about it. So would you say it's uh it's bumming you out that people aren't stoked for the US? Uh it's definitely a little bit difficult for me to so right now before it seems like there's a lot going on with the uh oh that's what the ROC means. <laughs> um for a lot of it was oh yeah, no, I'm just, I'm pretty psyched for it. And at first I was excited for Team USA basketball, but kind of seeing how they've been playing, it's the word that you've been using, privilege. It seems like, oh, you really don't understand your privilege at this point to play in the Olympics. Yeah, especially a lot of players. Is this a weird season too? Wait, did this end at the normal time? When is basketball usually? it ended a little bit later. Okay, so that's probably it too. It could be fatigue, you know. Well, that's the thing is a lot of the players were already eliminated from the playoff contention. Um, yeah, but like Kevin Durant, like that's one example. I mean, he doesn't really have a whole lot of rest there, you know. It's funny because three players literally after they played the championship game, the last finals game, um, they hopped on a plane and came to Japan. So like those three players, props to them. <laughs> um, but it's definitely where – so another thing that happened with the men's basketball team is, is that um, – this might be attributed more to their playing style, but it kind of, but it 100% attributes to their attitude. And so there's been reports that during the exhibition games that the, of these NBA players stare down referees because they weren't getting the same fouls they would normally get in the NBA. So this is where NBA has been softer, like any type of contact, you get a foul, two points there, whatever. And the fact is that it's like, you do realize that the rules are different. And the fact is that you're staring down the referee. Yeah, that's a, to a degree like, yeah, you're used to playing a certain way 300 days out of the year. But you're literally fucking staring down a referee. It's like you have a chip on your shoulder. You're literally like, how privileged, how pampered do you have to be at this point? To like, be upset and efficient when you yourself don't understand the rules yeah that's a unique type of privilege i think the one i was talking about is a little different this is more like you've gotten used to a certain style of playing but uh that is interesting i I did hear the u.s team was doing pretty uh not great but are they out of it or is it still going no they're still going so right now it's called the uh uh, they have to play in uh, pools and i guess whoever gets the most points gets the most wins out of these this pool right gets to the uh, next round. And so because we lost our first round, we're in bad shape. And so currently, if you were to, but then during the exhibition games, which were held in Vegas, um, that's where like a simple exhibition games, like normally when they charge in for a basket, they just start staring down the referee Hmm. because they got knocked down. They didn't get the foul. It's like, you do realize that international play is a lot more rough. There's a lot a lot of the rules are different. Yeah. I guess I'm not, I don't have as much of a problem with that. Cause if, especially if players are coming, f- just ending the season, like later than they would have normally, uh, I could see it just being like, it takes a minute to get used to. Uh, so personally for me, I don't have as much of a problem with it, but um, it's not a good thing by any means. They should, you know, if, if they're making a big fuss about it and like claiming that, the Olympics should change their rules to change to conform to how they play, then that's fucked up. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, they haven't gone to that point yet. No. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Is there, I don't know. What's uh, how long is the Olympics supposed to go? <laughs> Maybe it'll get bigger. Three weeks. Let me see. Damn. That's quick then. 
Olympics closing ceremony 2021. It ends August 8th. So it goes on a little bit over two weeks, actually. Okay. It is. Yeah. So maybe it'll get bigger by the end. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But anyways. Yeah. Any other points you want to say on the Olympics? No, that's it. I think this is this is a good this is a good spot right here. I do have one thing to bring up though. Sure. I looked it up and Shang-Chi is released in theaters uh September 3rd, but it has a 45-day exclusive theatrical release rather than being released simultaneously in theaters and on Disney Plus. Bam, who called it? Oh, right, right. I forgot about the the different the not the embargo, but the date difference. The fuck whatever it's called. <laughs> Yeah, 40 day theatrical release. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, it's, I think Black Widow, they probably did it just because like that had been delayed so many times when it was just supposed to come out to like a month away, right when COVID hit, you know. So uh but I, I know they definitely that. made their money back on that one. For Black Widow? Yes. I heard it had a hard drop off the second weekend though. Like it was pretty great the first weekend, and then theaters are like pissed off that it did the Disney Plus thing because they think it really screwed them. Well, no, it's funny because like this is the first time where I did see like Black, where Disney actually released. Oh, here or like first weekend, here's the Disney Plus numbers. Like I haven't heard any stream site really say like here's the explicit numbers. Instead, I've been hearing more so like oh this did well, that did well. No, no it's here are the fucking numbers, and we did well. That's that's how I that's how it was presented. I did hear that. I'm just saying the second season, there was a hard drop off theater wise, at least where. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Theaters. Yeah, there was like drama. Theaters were like complaining that they think Disney Plus fucked them, fucked them a little bit on the profit. And it could be partially COVID related, like more cases of Delta happened, obviously Delta second weekend. So, but uh, to end on a happy note, let's hope that everyone's OK. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, go get vaccinated. Yeah, no, go get vaccinated. Please stay safe. Practice common sense. Uh, Practices. Use a condom. Use a mask. Go yourself. Be in a hazmat suit. Hamster ball. Spit on the needle before you shoot it up. That makes it clean. (laughs) Anyways, have a good night. Good night, everybody. Bye.